Well, let's begin. Right? I love when I'm like, let's begin, and you're like, and you don't say anything. Oh, I know. I nod my head. Okay. Let's okay. do it. No, you you count us in. You you say welcome to the show. Oh. Mm-hmm. You're doing it. You're introducing. Okay. Okay. Well, let me let me let me pull up my sheet. Mm-hmm. 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 Really, really pumped about this. All right. Welcome to Breast Cancer is Boring, a podcast about breast cancer with Jocelyn and Lauren. Whether you have breast cancer or any other kind of cancer, or you're just a weirdo who's super <laughs> cancer curious, welcome. We hope you enjoy. Because breast cancer is boring, but we and you mm-hmm. are interesting. I love it. Well, everybody, welcome. This is Breast Cancer is Boring Woo! with the amazing Jocelyn. Me! She's incredible, by the way. I mean, it's just... <laughs> Pete, I, I, I would never say that, but um, I have heard like other people yes. say that I'm incredible. And like I said, I would never say it for myself, but it's just like, you know, it's something people are saying yeah. about me. Yeah. Word I, I mean, street. I've heard, right. I mean, I've just yeah. heard and I didn't, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just, that's a thing that's happening. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's trending on Twitter. I think so too. I think so too. Yes. But also you're here, Lauren. And I'm here. And we couldn't do it without you. Case in point, I, I tried it. I tried to do it without you uh, last week. Um, and the reviews, they were not good. They were not good. Uh, tens of tens of tens of Instagram messages. Where's Lauren? We love Lauren. Uh, we just listened to the show for Lauren. Down with Jocelyn. Hashtag Team Lauren. So I'm really glad I, you're I back. Can't, I can't imagine really, that. No, I mean, it's a thing that I, I deleted them all, so I can't show you any of them. But... <laughs> I know that it happened because I remember. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm glad you're back. I'm so glad to be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving was really tough and oh, that was yeah. not fun. Okay. Yeah. Not fun. No. I don't think I've ever want to do that again. Move? Yeah. I don't know how people do that. Neither like, do I. I, one of my very good friends her husband's in the military and they mm-hmm. move every couple years and oh, they have no. a small family. No, I've honestly been texting her on and off. Like, how do you do this? Yeah. Because I hate everything about packing and what's even worse than packing unpacking. Yeah. Unpacking's it, worse than packing. Honestly. Yes. Nobody told me. Yes. I thought the worst of it was over. No. One told no. You. <laughs> No. no, I was very disappointed in some of my very close friends, i.e. Jocelyn. Oh, sorry. Didn't I know. Well, I just moved in. Me. Did any I of your. Very... No, I so right Oh, no. Okay. Well, just for future reference, moving is horrible and you shouldn't do it. Did, did any of your stuff break in transit? No, because I transitioned it all. Oh, wow. Yes. I did a ton of it, and then my husband did a couple days worth, too. Mm. It's just because the location between our two homes, the old home and the new home, is not too far in distance. Mm-hmm. So we were like, oh, yeah, we can do this. No Those are lies. Those were all Those lies. Were lies. Every Bold single one lies. of them. Wow. Yes. That's terrible. disappointing to hear. So I have some other news. 
What other news? There's some really unusual news. What? Unusual news. Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. It's still a pandemic. God damn it. Seriously? And I love that from what I hear that people are announcing that the pandemic is over. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which I find hilarious. So when I said and when we have said on this show, mm-hmm. your primary source of healthcare information should not be coming from politicians. I did not just mean Republicans. (laughs) (laughs) I mean all of them. (laughs) Yeah, all of them, all of the above. Yeah, and when, as we'll get into today, as we talk about our topic and segue into probably an unexpected topic, we will discover that when one individual person says something, uh, declaring, for example, an entire pandemic to be over... You mm-hmm. don't necessarily just take that person's word for it because no. it is the lowest form of evidence on the tier, the hierarchy of evidence. But we will get into that later. It mm-hmm. is still a pandemic. Have you gotten your new booster yet? I have not. Me either, but I'm scheduled. Are you? I really want to. I had to I'm... schedule it out weeks Really? Yes. Yeah. So if you're thinking of getting it, my recommendation would be to hop on your CVS or Walgreens app or whatever and and schedule it now because it where I'm at anyway, it's kind of hard to get. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. I um uh I like to be vaccinated. I love it. I, I that's just my thing, I guess. Um good. I am so uh the facility I work at we're about to do our flu uh yeah me too is it a flu vaccine party (laughs) yes usually (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah it's a flu vaccine party so yeah we're about to have that I'm so excited because the flu really sucks yeah it sure does and fun Mm -hmm. fact about the COVID booster is you can get your COVID booster and your flu vaccine in the same day at the same visit it's totally fine yeah nice um, I have an announcement. You do? Yeah. Lauren. Yes. Are you registered to vote? Yes. Yeah, you are. Because why? Because mm-hmm. it's important. And? And I like to vote. Yeah. <laughs> and it's sexy. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, yeah. It makes me look 10 years younger. It gives me, my skin a glow and it tightens mm-hmm. my ass. I couldn't believe it. I registered to vote and my ass lifted at least an inch. I couldn't believe it. Same. But hey, um, register to vote. The midterm elections are coming up in November. And if you're already vomiting a little bit in your mouth, I get that. But also, you guys, it is so important to vote. Yes. If you don't know if you're registered to vote... You can go to Vote Save America, and they've got, you can choose your state, and they've got links to show you if you're registered to vote. Also, you can go to your local, um, like, city website and look up as well, like your local government website, like, oh, yeah, c- city Even of whatever. 
Yeah, I and you, and you can have like, the information like mm-hmm. at the tax office as well. Yep, tax office. The mm-hmm. DMV probably knows mm-hmm. if you are registered to vote because that's where I registered when I moved here, when I got my license. So do it now. Like federal elections, great. Of course, we want to pick our senators and, and Congress people and, and all mm-hmm. of that. But your local elections, like who's running for sheriff? Right, that's how who's, important. Who's running for judges? around you if you if your judges are elected who's Mm -hmm. running for commissioner of whatever and you know who's your um i don't know i don't what other positions in government are there who's gonna be the treasurer who's running for like mayor who's running for these are the people who not only are going to be you know, deciding laws on a federal level, but these are the people who are going to be setting rules as far as how, like, whether or not bail can be paid in cash or with check, things like that. Like, these are right. the people who are going to be deciding local legislation, who to prosecute for what crimes. It's just, it's very important. You want to vote. You also think about things like, I think um, a lot of moms, tend to think about, oh, I need to know who's on the school board. School board, yes. It's the same kind These of These are the people who are going like to decide idea. what books your children can read. Exactly. And on that subject, as long as we're still in announcements, how are you as parents okay with strangers in government telling you what books your children can and can't read in school? How are you okay with that? Right. I don't think that's cool. I don't even have kids, and I'm like, what? Yeah. I don't think I, I don't understand yeah. it. No, so it's crazy. Vote, do something. Tell your friends to vote. Tell your friends who you're voting for. Influence the people around you. Let's make this country, every city, every town a safe place for everyone. Mm-hmm. A place to get safe health care. I don't need to tell all of you that abortion is on the ballot this midterm. Oh, good grief. Yeah. The state right next to me just instituted a law from, no joke, the 1800s, banning a near-total ban on abortion. Right next door to me. Oh, no. And as someone who works in the only level one trauma emergency department in the entire state that worries me a great deal because women are going to come in dying yeah not because they got a bot not just because they got a botched abortion but because they had a spontaneous abortion which lay people call a miscarriage in the medical community a miscarriage is called a spontaneous abortion Mm -hmm. and they're unable to get the medication they need to complete it or they've been They've been denied a DNC, which is where mm-hmm. you go in and you retrieve the rest all, of the the rest of it. Or mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, a fetus dies in the womb and you have to DNC to get it out. It's not going to come out on its own. And if you don't get right. it out, the woman becomes septic or the uterus owner yep. becomes septic. And it there are so many reasons. Ectopic pregnancies, um, placenta oh, previa. Yeah, so there are all kinds of Essentially, women are going to bleed to death mm-hmm. or they will become septic. Please vote. <laughs> yeah. Please know what you're voting for. It takes it takes a lot of lead work. 
You need to go and you need to find out how these people have voted, not just what they're saying on commercials and on their own websites, but look how they have voted. Are they voting for the good of the public health? Right. And I know you don't, no one needs me to tell them how to vote, but I will tell you how I vote. <laughs> I'm a nurse. I am now in the emergency department. My goal in life is to promote the health of populations, the health of people, all people. And for me, that means access to safe abortion. To me, that means that trans people have access to gender-affirming care. To, mean mm -hmm. that, to me, that means that we do things to promote everyone in the LGBTQ community, everyone who is in um, vulnerable communities, including unhoused people, including other demographics of people who are not white, all of that, being safe and stably housed, having food, having access to healthcare. This, these are all health promotion things that we know. Mm -hmm. And there are certain people running for office who are going to help promote that. And there mm -hmm. are many, many people who are running who are not. And nobody is perfect. And no one candidate is going to have it all. But, like, it's very clear <laughs> to yeah. me. It's yeah, very clear to me. And that is because I don't care who people are or what they believe or how they present themselves culturally. I want health and safety for everyone. And I don't okay. make moral determinations on people. I love that. Um, I love health and safety for everyone. That's what I want. That could and be your uh, Miss America speech. Thank you. Thank you. And I also want world peace. Uh, <laughs> full hand fingers glued together wave in front of my face. Yeah, sorry. Moving on. Just saying it's never a Republican. Okay, vote Democrat, and we're moving on. Um, a little update from the last episode. I talked about um, screening criteria after cancer or before cancer. Um, mammals, MRIs, DEXA scans, what scans you need, how often you need them. And I got a yes. few questions on Instagram about what if I've had a mastectomy on both sides? What are my screening recommendations and according mm -hmm. to the american cancer society individuals who have no breast tissue so a total mastectomy with you know implants or flat closure um, there are no recommendations for follow-up mam mammography or mri nope so you're not required to have these follow-up scans and i also talked on the show about there being dwindling evidence to support the idea of having a contralateral, which is like a prophylactic mastectomy, which means a mastectomy in the unaffected side. However, the incidence of this has been growing. And to that point, one of the reasons someone may elect to have a prophylactic mastectomy is that they don't have to thank you, and Lauren, you are one of them. And as That's a result, me. yeah, the reason you may choose that is you don't have to go every six months and get a scan. Right. You have completely eliminated that source mm -hmm. of anxiety yeah. and often depression <laughs> yeah. from your life. And that's not nothing. 
No. And for me, it was definitely the right choice. Yeah. Uh, to knowing that I had cancer on one side and not on the other. Yeah. For me, and just the amount of cancer I had on one side, it was just like, well, duh. I mean, if it's <laughs> all over that one. Yeah. I mean, it's only a matter of time before it. I mean, they're very close together. They're like right there. Yeah. And they can get closer <laughs> if you squeeze them a little, you know? Yeah. Some people like that. Um, yeah. Whatever decision you make. <laughs> I mean, whatever informed. But luckily it was my choice. How lovely that it was your choice. Mm-hmm. How lovely that you got to choose. Mm-hmm. And that there were no significant barriers in nope. front of you and that you didn't have to prove anything. Nope. Thank goodness. Yeah. Thank I government. Couldn't imagine thank, living. Thank government. Mm. Because before the ACA, before the Affordable Care Act, which is commonly called Obamacare, before that, that wouldn't necessarily have been your choice. Right. And were you to change insurances following mm-hmm. a breast cancer diagnosis, they would not have to cover a recurrence of breast cancer because it would be considered a pre-existing condition. Pre-existing condition. And because mm-hmm. of our government, because we voted these people into office, we have protections. So as much as government and politics is like an absolute soul-crushing, confusing headache, and as much as even the most seemingly great politicians will always let us down and still take money from sources that we disagree with and make decisions that we disagree with, there are, there's always someone worse, in a way. Yeah. There are still great things that happen. That's true. And, And there are still people trying to make the right thing happen for the health and the safety of our whole population. And I don't know why you wouldn't want that. Anyway, Apple reviews, we don't have any moving on. (laughs) Register review on Apple Podcasts and we'll read it on the show. Yeah. Such a long string of announcements today. I know. So much to, to review. I really am excited about today's episode. What is it? What are we talking about? So we're talking about our villain origin story. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh-huh. I love this. I, I love it, um, too. So why don't you lead us in, Jocelyn, and tell us what is your villain <laughs> origin story? Well, okay. The concept of a villain origin story. Because the first time I saw this, I was like, what? Is this yeah, person thank you. talking was, uh, about? Huh? Huh? So <laughs> the way I think I described it to you, Lauren, where it mm-hmm. finally like made sense after I was clumsily trying to explain it is you remember um, The Incredibles, that cartoon or the family and they all have like superpowers. It's like a yes. Pixar cartoon. And the villain in mm-hmm. that cartoon. Buddy. 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 Buddy, which should be such a cute you know, name. He was as where you're like, how does this, how does someone turn evil? How does someone become, cause you're not born a villain, you know, you're a little baby or you're a little kid and you're a sweet little kid, unless you're like, you know, Damon from any 
a horror film. Um, in The Incredibles, Buddy is a huge fan of The Incredibles and is, I think, trying to get like uh, Mr. Incredibles like autograph at one point or something. Yeah, he wants to be his sidekick. He wants to be his sidekick. And he's like so eager and over the top. And for whatever reason, Mr. Incredible, who's just had a day, is like, mm -hmm. not now, buddy. Or yeah, go home, buddy. Go home, buddy. Which mm -hmm. that's the line. In that moment, that is when Buddy becomes the villain. Right. It is his villain origin story. It's when something happens to you or you see something or you experience something and it turns something else. A switch is flipped and you become the villain. Mm. Now, I quite like being a villain. I think okay. it is infinitely more interesting than being a hero. I love being an anti-hero as well. Mm -hmm. I love all of the sub-genres of villain, like the chaotic good or the, like all of those are really fun to get into. But today, essentially, we are gonna be describing what is it that you see or experience that you go this, this is the thing that will turn me evil. <laughs> hmm. Oh, yeah. So before I launch into mine, which is quite lengthy and is going to involve a lot of research talk, what is yours? So my villain origin story is a friend of our family's mm. calls me one day mm -hmm. and decides to try and convince my father to have a very invasive brain surgery. Oh, so my father has Parkinson's. Mm. And there is a procedure that you can have for Parkinson's that helps with, there's a lot of trembling, tremors, shaking. Mm -hmm. Some Parkinson's patients, uh, they actually... Um, have benefits from this particular surgery, but it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. not, not every procedure for every kind of, you know, that's available out there is good for every patient. Right. And so this family friend has seen one YouTube video. <laughs> Why does it always start with a YouTube video? <laughs> it's just, and I get it. Like, mm. okay, so... This particular person had great results from, and it might not even be the same procedure because I know someone that did have that procedure and it did help that person. Okay. But when my father was diagnosed, I specifically spoke with his physician, just knowing that that kind of procedure was out there. And I mentioned it, not mm -hmm. saying I want him to have it, just what, what kind of treatments are out there. And she said, that she did not recommend it for my father. Yeah. And I really, I really like my father's physician. Um, I do trust her judgment. Mm -hmm. Knowing my dad's comorbidities, I feel like she really had his best interest in mind. So for me, I hung up that coat on the coat rack and was like, okay, I, I don't need, I don't need to go there again. Yeah. And it wasn't until recently that uh, this family friend has been working very hard to convince my father 
And he even went to a doctor's appointment with this doctor because his friend was pushing him so hard to get a discussion about this procedure. And again, she stood her ground and said, yeah, this is not for him. So he calls me and tells me, you should watch this YouTube video because this guy really, and it was a day procedure and yeah. And it was brain surgery and it was a brain surgery in a, a day. day procedure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this guy and I'm thinking it's one person. Yeah. One, one person. And I appreciate that he wants my father to get better and that he feels like there's an answer or this is the answer. But if one, my father says no. He doesn't want it. And that's should be enough for someone to stop pushing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his physician also says, no, it's, it's not a safe or good procedure for him. Yeah. Um, that should be respected. And yes. it makes me so furious that this person has the cojones to come and <laughs> try to convince my father still who's in a vulnerable position Mm -hmm. he has parkinson's he just finished cancer treatment yeah he has you know a couple stents in his heart he's probably not a good candidate for surgery anyways right so i would love to slap that person around (laughs) (laughs) with that so wait as a villain, oh. what would your superpower be? I would love to silence him. Okay. You're the silencer. I would love to. And you can just like crush people's vocal cords <laughs> so that they forever can cannot speak. Or do you think they would forever like try to speak, but only like, like nothing would nothing come out. comes out? Oh, I love yeah. it. Okay. So your villain name is the silencer. I am definitely the silencer. Yeah. That would be an awesome superpower. That would be an awesome superpower. God, I would love that. No kidding. All right, Jocelyn. Okay. Hit me with your villain story. Well, uh, (laughs) yours is a very, very pretty good. Um, Mine is of kind of a subcategory of the online misinformation, disinformation about cancer cures. Cause we have all seen like cure your cancer with diet and exercise, cure your cancer with mushrooms, cure, cure your cancer with this over the counter supplement that I'm selling for thirty nine ninety five. You know, there's mm-hmm. all of these ways you can cure your with cancer. Turmeric. With turmeric, turmeric, powerful, you know, anti cancer medication um my specific like subgenre uh the fueling my villainy is research studies actual research studies that are published in online magazines online literature that have like the lowest possible participation number and I will give you a couple examples. And then yes, after, please. 
after we go over these couple examples, it's going to get a little like research science heavy. But because I am not an expert at this and I only have the knowledge I have to describe it, we won't go too in depth. <laughs> but let's begin with the two articles which you sent me. I did. Because you follow these people on IG, I think. I do. You do. And not for that purpose, but obviously. I, and I love that you do because there are two accounts that event, it, occasionally you'll send me when they publish um, like results from these trials. And these accounts are trying to promote good news. The first one is good yeah. news movement and the second one is upworthy. And I have seen things from both of these accounts that are like really like uplifting and, and like Absolutely. nice. And it's like, oh, look at that dog who's friends with that duck. So I love those <laughs> stories. Um, these though are a specific kind of thing that just my blood boils. Um, the first one is... And I'm just going to read the headline. Medical breakthrough. Honeybee venom kills hard-to-treat breast cancer cells within one hour in new study. In the comments, or not in the comments, but in like the description or whatever, it says Australian scientists found that a compound in the venom called melatonin rapidly killed two hard-to-treat cancer cells, triple negative, and HER2 enriched, so like HER2 positive, without harming normal cells. They found that the venom and the melatonin affect the function of EGFR and HER2 proteins on breast cancer cells that are linked to cancer growth. That sounds amazing. Awesome. It yes. sounds awesome. And if and you I just see why they would have posted it. Do you as see part of a why they would have posted news. it? Exactly. Good. It yeah. sounds like good news. The second one from Upworthy. And here's just the headline. In a recent clinical trial, every single participant was declared cancer-free <gasps> after taking the same immunotherapy drug. And then it has a quote beside the scientist that says, I believe this is the first time this has happened in the history of cancer. Mm. And in the description, it says, while scientists say that the findings need to be replicated... So that's, that's, they're kind of qualifying it a little Thank bit. Thank goodness they're mm -hmm. at least saying that. At least saying that. That's the bare minimum. A recent immunotherapy clinical trial has yielded some landmark results. After taking the same immunotherapy drug to fight their early stage rectal cancer, all 18 participants of the study were overjoyed to find that the medication regimen had worked better than expected and that the cancer had, in quotes, completely vanished. Both of these things sound amazing. Totally amazing. And, and people want to read and people stuff like want, this. They just want to see that. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to yep. scroll past and they're going to be like, oh my God, maybe there's hope for me. Right. And I am here to tell you, as the villain in this story, <laughs> as the owner and operator of the downworthy <laughs> Instagram account the at some bad news movement i'm going to completely shatter any good feels you have about either of these stories because it's just not that good guys it's just not that good and we'll go into why the first one we're going to do is the bee pollen 
the bee, the melaton. The I know it's not bee oh, pollen, but the venom, the venom, the venom. <sighs> so, this was an animal cell trial, which is not apparent, even though it says cell. It says cells, mm-hmm. cancer cells. Um, right. But these, this was cancer that was replicated in uh, mice. Mice. Mice cells, not even living mice, according to how I've been able to interpret this, but just mice uh, cells extracted and then infected with um, this cancer, this breast cancer. It is important to note some things. Mm -hmm. The first thing to understand, just the most broad kind of pyramid of research, and it's a pyramid because the most studies that are done are of the least um, impact, essentially. The very bottom of this pyramid, the lowest form of research under the clinical practice guidelines recognized by most, if not all, research institutions are animal and laboratory studies. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, things that are conducted on animals or in a lab and have no human cell or human um, subject involvement are the very lowest tier of evidence. Right. And that makes sense, too, because you're, you have a very stable and the environment is, um, what is that called? When controlled. It's controlled. It's incredibly controlled. Right. And that very is because con- human beings are chaos. <laughs> right. You know, what's funny. I actually was thinking about this earlier and a really like very layman's term example of this is like for headaches, maybe I can say, oh, acetaminophen works best for me. And you go, oh no, that's never worked for me. I have to take ibuprofen, you know, like, so it's so different. And an uninformed person would say, oh, well, actually, you know, acetaminophen in clinical trials was shown to work on, uh, you know, these receptors that have to do mostly with, and that's fine, and that's very true, and that's how mm-hmm. medications are studied up to a certain point. Right. But then comes in that human factor. Our bodies are different, and as much as science can be consistent in a lab or in animal trials, mm-hmm. the further you go in the es- in this kind of, uh, pyramid of research, the 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 less there is of it because much fewer studies graduate to the next level. So essentially, you mm-hmm. do your first clinical trial on animals in a lab. The mm-hmm. next level is case reports or a case series, like a narrative of events, expert opinions, you know, from experts in a field, kind of pontificating on what might happen and editorials. There are no design to those research studies and yet they're still almost they're still in this pyramid of clinical practice guidelines. Right. More reliable than animal control studies in a lab. After that you get case control studies which is in a set of primary studies. So these are human subjects. Um, and a lot of them are retrospective which means the subjects Uh, They are already um, in existence, and you're looking back on things like in a passive way. And there's Mm -hmm. cohort studies. 
so it's more than one source, and then you have randomized controlled trials, and this is when you're actually testing treatments. You right. have gathered the evidence, you have something to test based on that evidence, and you're moving forward. After randomized control trial, there is meta-analysis or a systemic review. This is when we move into secondary, pre-appraised, or filtered information. And these are all, it's like a collection of primary studies. It's a collection of clinical outcomes all together. Can you find, we talk about finding the same evidence in more than one place, at least three points, triangulate your data. So as a person, if I see something in one place... I see a news story in one place or I see a recommendation uh, through like one source. I'm going to find two other sources that are saying essentially the same thing. I'm not just going to go off of that one source. A meta-analysis gathers hundreds of sources. Right. So like in even more layman's terms, like you're not Mm going to just like – look for the best restaurant on Google, you're going to go and ah. look and see all these other places and yeah. who has reviewed them. Right. And what does Yelp you, say? What does TripAdvisor right. say? Exactly. What is, can you find a Reddit thread that like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about OpenTable? What has OpenTable said about that restaurant? Right. Exactly. You, you look in various places and mm-hmm. in research, the places that they look have to be vetted and then it has to be multiple, multiple, multiple sources. So that is how we get clinical practice guidelines is through all of these steps. Mm-hmm. That is just one subsector wow. of this. There right. are, and when you start to get into human trials for mm-hmm. medications, that's a right. whole other system. But as far as the story with the bee venom, <laughs> hmm. considering it's an animal control study in a lab, we have a long, long, long way to go. I mean, before we can I even hope, start to get excited about it. Totally. And I hope that the people who are doing these types of research and I I get when when they have a win right in their situation, they're like, let's spread it everywhere. Yes. And, and yes, you know, maybe of that course. helps them get more funding. So that they can continue. It absolutely. That's so much. That's exactly it. That's so much a part of it. That's also why you should vote because guess who the number one contributor to any Mm -hmm. clinical trial of any medication anywhere is. Yeah. Our government. Mm -hmm. Our government. Right. I mean, Susan G notwithstanding. Only about 33%, y'all. Not really funding that much. Okay, anyway, moving on. Mm -hmm. I want to spend the most time on the second one. Okay, let's go for it. The claim that all 18 participants in this study were Mm cancer-free. A few things Mm -hmm. right off the bat. I read the study. It was published in the New England Journal of Medicine, which is a very, very reputable science research-like journal. Very vetted. The number of participants in the study was not 18. It was actually 14. You know, that might be semantics because 14 and 18, either number is incredibly low 
and we'll go yeah. over why that is. The participants, all of them had colorectal cancer. Mm-hmm. So maybe I was the only one that was assuming it might be breast cancer. And that's just that I was making that up in my head. But it's important to note this was not all cause cancer. This was colorectal cancer. So they gave this immunotherapy every three weeks for six months. And then the subjects were followed for six months. So these people have been cancer free for only six months. Mm -hmm. And we'll go into why that is also very significant. Mm-hmm. And what we have to understand is when we get into clinical trials that include medication of any kind, there are phases. And the phases are important because as you move on, you'll see the percent of those drugs that make it to the next phase starts to right. dwindle. So. Right. In a clinical research study, and this is according to the FDA website, phase one, which is your first phase, the study participants, according to the FDA, needs to be between 20 and 100. Right. We're not, we're not, we're not there. there yet. We're not there mm-hmm. with, this, with this clinical trial. Um, the study length needs to be over the course of several months. We do have that. Mm-hmm. Approximately 70% of drugs move to phase two. Mm-hmm. So only about 30% after phase one drop out because of uh, lack of efficacy evidence or something similar right. to that. Phase two. In phase two, it requires up to several hundred people with the disease yeah. or the condition that you're trying to treat. And the length of the study is required to be several months to two years. So a longer period of time is required. Then the percentage that move on after phase two Mm -hmm. is only 33%. Wow. This study in the New England Journal of Medicine with 18 participants said that it was a phase two Oh wow! Trial. So I am not sure what qualifies it as a as a phase two. I'm not mm-hmm. seeing that according to what I'm able to find that it's a phase two. Certainly, the researchers would know. So maybe there is something I'm not seeing. Certainly, the number of participants is not right, and the length of time. Mm-hmm. The entire study from very beginning to follow up is a year. Yeah. In phase three, you require 300 to 3,000 participants. Oh, wow. Yeah. The length and that's of the still s- a small number if you really think about... For, for reference, mm-hmm. CADSILA, which is the HER2 um, chemo hybrid that I was on um, mm-hmm. that just got approved. Right. I think... Yeah, because I didn't get that. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It, it just in the interim, and what you were like a year, you're like a year ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Well, diagnosis was 2017, and I was diagnosed 2018. Mm-hmm. So just in that interim, they had published that landmark study, and I believe the the number of participants was 
I don't think it was more than 3,000. I remember my oncologist actually mentioning there there was a drug out there, mm. but it just wasn't quite ready yet. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't quite mm-hmm. ready yet. And the thing of it is, Cadsila had already, it was not a new drug. It had already been used mm-hmm. um, for uh, recurrent HER2 positive breast right. cancers. It mm-hmm. just had never been used first line. And so they right. had to study that, even though they saw efficacy with recurrence, mm-hmm. they had to study that first line population. And it was thousands right. of participants. I wish I could remember how many, uh, but you can access uh, the New England Journal of Medicine as the one that uh, published that trial. And it was published in January, and I started Cadsila in February. Wow. And, there, and it took that long for my insurance to approve it, which is why it was uh, delayed. But of the 33% mm-hmm. of studies that make it from phase two to phase three, only 25 to 30% of that population gets to move on to phase four. Wow. Yeah. And people and should also know that when trying to receive a new drug or something that has just, or a new procedure or something like that, that has just come out. Mm-hmm. People also need to know, just like what you were saying, it took a while for your insurance. Some insurances won't pay for things that they, they deem it experimental. Yes. Um, so it's very important for patients to know that. So yeah. you could go after something that you think, I'd love to be a part of this, but you also need to understand you may end up paying out of pocket for it. Yeah. And guess who decides when insurance companies are allowed to reject your medication? Mm-hmm. The government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So who are you going to vote for? What is their stance on those things? Mm-hmm. Are they going to protect access to health care or are they going to limit it? It's just a good question. Very good um, question. Moving on. The CDC has a very comprehensive uh, booklet online and it's their understanding evidence um, guide. And it's best available research evidence. This is probably the most... Um, complex mm-hmm. table of evidence, but it is also, as a result, the most thorough. And what it starts with is, and if you're thinking like, well, this is too much, like I won't be able to understand that, you you will, uh, you will, because it's laid out in a very comprehensive way and it's color-coded. Oh, so I it's really, it. really, really um, easy to understand. How it's sorted is, it has a column for well-supported and supported evidence, and then even subcategories um, about like the efficacy, um, what kind of internal validity is expected, uh, types of evidence, independent replication, which is we, we took this study and we did the exact same study over here and we got the same results. Yes, thank you and for saying that. That is there what was you need. There's a lot need. of syllables in a lot of those words. Yes, right? <laughs> but 
it's all it it's really not i think in medicine to our detriment we make things mm-hmm. sound very complex and i don't know right. for why that is i know that's that's why sometimes it, even though like i always say you know i i speak hospital i i understand right. when we talk about these things but right i also understand that the general public doesn't mm-hmm. so i think it's so important that we and especially when you're speaking that you're offering these extra explanations of well yeah. this actually means this and, and it makes guys, it so much easier to understand yes this is knowledge if you're thinking like i'm overwhelmed i can't get to the point where i could just like how do you even find this information how do you remember all this like how do you put it together I have been in healthcare for 16 years. Mm-hmm. I have taken master's level research classes as part of my curriculum. Like this was required of me to know this. <laughs> Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, would I have taken it upon myself pre-pandemic? I don't know. Now I think, you know, everyone could benefit from understanding this depending on how much time and energy you yep. have, but I promise that the time you put in to building the knowledge of understanding at some level what research is good research, what evidence is quality evidence, or listening to people who have shown that they understand, and I don't mean me. I mean actual researchers Mm -hmm. and actual people who are participating in designing studies and, and people who interpret the studies and your practitioner or your provider that is recommending your treatment investing in learning how to understand what good evidence is and what a good research study looks like will pay off for the rest of your life right it reminds me of my grandmother Mm -hmm. Interesting. I don't get that a lot. But just no, listen, just wait, wait. This reminds me of my grandmother because whenever she was going to buy something, especially something substantial that she was going to use, for instance, her dishwasher. Yes. She was going to use her dishwasher. You use your dishwasher all the time. Yes. You need to know where to find the information so that you can purchase one that is not just efficient and it works yes. well. It lasts a long time and it's the value. Yes. This reminds me, I mean, because she would, she subscribed to the wall street journal and also consumer reports and anytime See? she yes. had her vetted sources of information. Yes. And I know this sounds silly that I'm saying this, but it's not silly at all. It's an exact it's an exact comparison. <laughs> yes. It, and That's what this is. I remember like, oh, I, I want to, you know, I need to buy a new washing machine. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to call my grandma. Because <laughs> she. She knows how to do all, a deep dive yes, on this research. She does. And she always did. And she's, you know, she knew how she felt like money was valuable to her. Yes. She spent it wisely. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Always. And um, 
I really admire her for that. And this is exactly like just the same, you know. This is exactly it. And it also has implications for your finances. Think of mm-hmm. all of the shit people are peddling out there, guaranteeing yeah. you that you will feel better, look better, run mm-hmm. faster, jump higher. <laughs> I mean, I get caught up in that as well. I just asked mm-hmm. my esthetician, who I get a facial from every month because I'm convinced that it's going to help my skin. <laughs> and in addition, it just makes me feel good. But I asked I asked her about... um drinking collagen, even though I have looked at those research studies and the available evidence is poor and that Mm. is being generous. But I just wanted her anecdotal opinion because I see her as an expert in skin and my skin. Now she was like, yeah, no. And I was like, okay, well that tracks with what I've already known. But even knowing the evidence yeah. I wanted an anecdotal opinion. Right. Which is the one of the lowest forms of evidence. Mhm. But it has the some of the highest impact and that is just our human nature. Yes, I so agree. So learning to do this, learning people know how to research already. If if you want a concealer, if you want a good concealer, oh gosh. You know where to go. It's worth find. the research too. It, and you're going to research that shit. So mm-hmm. research these things, you know, this is not the last pandemic we're going to be in. Mm-mm. You know, I, I shudder to think, but this is not going to be the last time a new vaccine comes out because as we progress in medicine, we finally are starting to realize that preventative medicine is the way to go, that we can't just be reactionary. We can't just be developing treatments for all these horrid new diseases that come out. We have to prevent them. We have Mm -hmm. to invest in the health of our population. Anyway, I digress, but the CDC (laughs) has a very colorful table that is very fun to look at and you can Google all the words that you don't understand or the or look research the concepts spend an hour make yourself a snack have a nice drink and get into it maybe with a friend but it essentially goes from well supported and supported forms of evidence and why in every category to unsupported and mm-hmm. even harmful forms of evidence oh, yeah. because it's still evidence there's still evidence Mm-hmm. but it can be harmful. So it's really important to understand what those are, especially in the way thing research is designed and over what period of time, as we already talked about. We've talked about this on a previous episode as well, the high-dose chemo oh, in yeah. the 1990s. In the 1990s, women specifically for breast cancer in a trial started being treated with high dose chemo and Mm -hmm. the immediate effect within six months was very good. Their cancer was gone. It had such a dramatic effect and stories like this one were published in papers Mm -hmm. and there was such an outcry, people demanding to be treated 
mm-hmm. that they greenlit it and they allowed people to be treated with high dose chemo. And of course, what we found out years later is more people died. Right. And we don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I am not saying that, you know, these 14 individuals treated with immunotherapy, which has very exciting results, are all going to die. I sincerely hope not. Right. I am just saying that sometimes you can have dramatic results short term and yeah. devastating results long term. However, penicillin treatments in the 1940s mm-hmm. developed penicillin. The immediate effect was people stopped dying of essentially sepsis. And this right. was kind of a, a wartime um, discovery. And we've used it ever since. Right. So, or some derivative of penicillin. Now there are mm-hmm. many, many, many on antibiotics. So penicillin was pretty much the original. So it can go either way. And that's the hesitation that I have. Right. In any of these levels of evidence, even the lowest levels, there's no implication that anyone's being nefarious. Mm-hmm. There is harmful information out there that is not intentional. Right. And How that many is syllables are in nefarious. <laughs> I'm a villain. I know all these words. <laughs> I was like, I would never use that word. Oh, now ever. you will though. Now you I will. know, right? It's such a fun word. I'm gonna no. Okay. You're gonna yes. like be at work and you're gonna be like, you nefarious trickster. <laughs> You licentious little little maggot person. I don't know why you need a British accent or a very poorly yeah. uh, a poor um a yeah parody there. of a of a of a British accent, but um, all this to say, and Jesus did I take a long time to say it, but research. Look into it. Yeah. Look into it's levels so of evidence, phases I of clinical how. trials. I yes. know how exciting it is to see headlines like that. Yes. Um, I think we all are searching and hoping for these claims to have the the background and the grounds to actually make those claims as true as they possibly could be. And we want that. Right. But also... Be careful. Be careful. And it's not just to crush your hopes and dreams and your happy nope. day reading. A, it's not to make you um, suspicious of every nice piece of good news that you do see. Right. <laughs> Although I certainly am. You don't have to be like me. No. I. <laughs> what I also am hoping is that when you see pieces of devastating information so for example we had this pandemic happen and then we developed a vaccine which under most circumstances is such a relief and Mm -hmm. for me as someone who at that time had just finished you know my last surgery my immune system is still shit and I'm staring Mm -hmm. down a pandemic I was scared I was scared. I still am scared to a certain extent. I think I'm just better at pushing it, pushing it way down, um, which is something I can work, work out with my therapist. But Mm -hmm. 
when something that should have been celebrated and applauded mm-hmm. was met with so much anecdotal and um, intentionally harmful information that people started getting, you know, they're hearing these anecdotal stories. Oh, I'm magnetic now. Or, you know, oh, yeah. there were a handful of people who died following the vaccine. and. Right. And there was some evidence to suggest that it was because they were vaccinated. Um, blood oh, clots yeah. and other things that were happening. A very small subset. Mm-hmm. Very, very small. Smaller than like any medication that we take on a regular basis. But it still had an impact. Right. Because anecdotal stories, when they are extreme, mm-hmm. affect us more than a mountain of evidence Right. To the contrary. And that is just human nature. But if you know how to read a research study and you already have vetted sources of information mm-hmm. in your life and it's something that you just know how to do because you've done it multiple times. Right. It It's a way to feel. It's a very empowering thing. Yeah, for and sure. it's not about being better than someone else. It's not about being, you know, saying like, I'm smarter than this. It's not about that. It's just about taking some control in your Mm -hmm. life and looking at things as they are in the moment. And then when they inevitably change, as guidelines do, because Mm -hmm. new evidence is being produced and discovered all the time. That's correct. Being able to move with it and not being like paralyzed every time something does change it's very empowering and it is a way to work through a lot of the fear and panic that just Mm -hmm. seems to be so pervasive and that people use to market their own Mm -hmm. shit and make tons of money Mm -hmm. off of vulnerable people right thank you jocelyn Oh, you're welcome. You put a pretty little bow on I top of that. I tried to tie it up. She, she tied it. But I mean, how can you trust it? I'm, I am a villain, and I need people to mm-hmm. understand that. But my villain uh, strategy might be chaotic good, you know. Uh huh. So, what's your superpower? Oh, what's my superpower? Um, mm-hmm. you know what I really wish my superpower was. What? Speed reading. Oh. I like yeah. I want to be able to like if if I have a book and I just I just hold it to my head and I absorb all that information and I never forget it. Mm. That's what I want. I like I, I want to like be able that. to pull up a research article instead of it taking me an hour to get through and to like read mm. the same thing six times and be like, huh? <laughs> I just I want the reading comprehension of a Mensa okay. member. I I oh. want to I want just like that's what I want, and also I just want to be able to absorb a book in a moment. Wow. Yeah, because I could slow it down if I wanted to. Because it's not like I want to sit down and like read a fantasy novel in two minutes. I I want to enjoy that, but like sure, just being able to like see something at a glance, an entire book, and just go. <laughs> That's me flipping through pages. Right. And just like read it all. You've seen that like yeah. in movies. That's what I uh-huh. want. That's my that's my superpower. 
Wow. Uh, uh, reading is my superpower. Uh, uh, I know how that sounds, but like, ah, ah. I'm a nerdy villain, okay? Hmm. I like that. That's what I want. I like yeah. that. Thank you. Thank you. And I can shapeshift. But enough of that. Uh, <laughs> okay. What is your superpower out there? Are you a villain? Are you a hero? Mm -hmm. Are you less confused about research? Are you more confused about research? <laughs> Let us know. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars yes, only, please. please. Uh, and mm -hmm. follow us on Instagram. You'll get... We're not going to clutter your feed, okay? We don't do a lot yeah. of posts, to be fair, because I'm not good at it, and it fills me with uh, anxiety every time I put something on there, to be honest. So, You're so good at it. Nah, I, I enjoy it, Are. and I'm yes. terrified of it. But you'll get, Aww. like, sometimes deleted scenes. You'll get quotes. You'll get, like, car videos. So <gasps> fun. Oh, I have yours, Lauren. That's coming out soon. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's great. DM us if you have questions or you have mm -hmm. ideas on things you want us to talk about. Honestly, the door is always open. We're always in the office. So just, just let us know. Um, mm -hmm. Anything in closing from you, Lauren? I don't think so. Just <laughs> register to vote. Register to vote today. Mm -hmm. It's so mm -hmm. dry, but you know what? You can do it. And, and, and bring a snack when you get in line to vote. And vote early. Early voting is the tip. Oh, it's way better. Like nobody's there and you can walk right in and you're going to do your Go thing. Better. And I understand if you're in a state like Texas why you're like, my vote's not even going to matter. But it does. It does. I can't tell you how much it does. And it will if you believe it. Yep. Okay? Just whatever you got to do to believe that. Do it. Thank you for listening to our show. Thank That's you. it. I have nothing else. Goodbye. <laughs>